This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2. Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. What up, what up? You're listening to the August 22nd, 2017 PGA edition of On the Daily, the Rotoviz Radio Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm Matt Dolkin on Twitter at BeardedDFS, and joining me on this episode is John Gamble, fellow Rotoviz contributor at Gamblin' Johnny. This week, we're going to be talking about the Northern Trust Tournament for the PGA Tour this week. We're going to be digging into DraftKings. We're going to look at key stats, weather, and we're going to go through the player pool and pick out some guys we like and some notes, uh, maybe have some odds values for you. And you know what's coming up. everybody. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2. Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubble active license and men's package tees buddy's favorite sport dfs and fantasy um and there's a ton on rotoviz that can help you be successful this season uh get ready for it with a rotoviz nfl pass which you can get right now for 30 percent off this discount is for podcast listeners only and it's available through the nfl podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and it also supports the pod. For the rest of the NFL uh, season, you can also support us by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. Do that, and you will be eligible to compete against some Rotoviz podcasters and writers in a $35 entry best ball league hosted by our friends at the FFPC. The winner of each league will receive a year-long Rotoviz pass on top of the cash prize. Go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then email us at rotovizradio at gmail.com, and we'll get you in the league. Uh, you can find the work by John and myself for four dollars behind the Rotoviz uh, behind the paywall at rotoviz.com/pga. 
That includes three articles from me, uh, intro, key stats, picks, and then a final one with chalk pivots coming out on Wednesday. Uh, get some game theory in there, get you ready to attack the slate. And, of course, you get John Gamble's wonderful model, which has uh, been doing really well. How are you doing, John? Uh, doing well. Happy to be back on the podcast. Always a pleasure. Let's get right into it. So the key stats that I'm looking at this week is driving accuracy, strokes gained tee to green, and strokes gained approach uh, as my main stats. Uh, you can add some putting as a tiebreaker, and around the green work doesn't hurt. It could hurt you if you're really bad around the green, because I definitely think it will come into play this week. Um, the course, Glen Oaks in Westbury, New York, is a par set spanning 7,300 yards, consisting of four par threes, 12 par, 12 par fours, and two par fives. 10 of the 12 par fours are 475 yards or less. So uh, there's definitely not going to be uh, a distance, a huge distance advantage on those holes. And uh, obviously four more are the par threes. So there's only, you know, two, two to four holes that are going to actually really favor the Bombers this week. And uh, with comparisons to Beth Page Black and Augusta, we're expecting a winning score around 10 under. I'm feeling this is going to be kind of a course management week. Pick your spots. Uh, what do you got for key stats this week? So, uh, yeah, so we have we have no history on this course. It's the first PGA event uh, played here. So, I'm just going to treat it like a like an average course. So, yeah, all, all the key stats you mentioned, you know, driving accuracy, distance, um, especially uh, approach shots. Uh, you know, uh, strokes and approach. Um, those are going to be my key stats. Um, just treating it like an average course. Um, par seventy layouts tend to favor uh, people with driving accuracy more so than uh, players with driving uh, good driving distance. So I think I'm leaning in that direction. I, I don't, you know, I'm still really uncertain. I, I don't know how the course is going to play, and I don't want to. Um, be overconfident in that. So, um, so yeah, just treating it like, a, like an average course. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think accuracy is like, you know, really key this week. And it seems like that the general populace is running like, with the bomber narrative, which yes, I've, I've heard. I, I think the same thing. Yeah, I agree. yeah. So I, I mean, if. The, the funny part about it is in the same, you know, articles or podcasts that people are saying you need bombers, they're saying that the comparisons are Augusta and Beth Page Black, which really doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that people are running with a quote that the tournament director, uh, I don't have his name here, but the tournament director said guys will be something to the effect of guys will be hitting driver everywhere out here. Like they're just going to be bombing it around and then just, you know, chipping it up and on and it's going to be a scoring fest, but I, I really don't think so. When I look through all the pictures of the courses, uh, just, you know, from a golfer's perspective, uh, you know, I play a few times a week and uh, I could just see all the trouble you could easily get into. I mean, there was, I remember there was one hole where there's literally a tree directly in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> and like, uh, there's just a lot of situations where there's, you know, 
groups of trees around the edge. And if, if you get behind these trees, you can really get in, into trouble. There's a medium, medium tight fairways. I think most people are saying that they're medium wide, but I think they're a little tighter than people think they are just from, you know, my course evaluation that I go through every week where I look at, you know, I look at the satellite view. I look at all the pictures of the course. Um, and I'm just seeing accuracy, uh, all the trees around the fairways, there's voluminous bunkers all over the fairways. They yeah. strategically approach them. I mean, uh, place them right where, you know, a lot of guys will be hitting their driver. And then they have another set of bunkers around each and every green. Um, water will come into play on, I believe four of the 18 holes. The worst is the 17th par three, where you have water running all along the left side and, uh, if the pin's on that left side of the green, it's going to be deadly because it runs down with really short grass all the way into the water. So uh, when the pin's over there, whatever day it is, there's going to be a lot of balls in the water on 17. Yeah, and what, the the greens are POA, I think, too? Yes, uh, so they're POA mixed with and bent grass, po- apparently. Oh, mixed with bent grass, okay. But predominantly yep. POA. POA tends to you know grow towards the water, too, more than some other grasses, so... So if you got slope towards the water, you got grain in the green going towards the water, it could be, yeah. Yeah, and this this may be a reason to factor putting in a little more, you know, when you have the uh, the Bermuda that's sitting really flat, it's, you know, a lot of people can hit their putts, where I feel like when POA grass comes out, you know, people, uh, it separates the field a little bit more in terms of putting skill. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's harder to read for a lot of players. Um, so yeah, maybe so maybe there's some edge this weekend that if the crowd is overconfident or overvaluing bombers this week, maybe um, maybe it's better to overweight accuracy a little bit, just uh, zig when everybody else zags. I think you're completely right. I love when uh, you know my strategy is naturally contrarian, then I don't have to do anything special. Yeah. Um, so earlier in the week I checked out the weather and it said it was going to rain and those inches are going down. So, uh, now it looks like there's only going to be about 0.04 inches on Wednesday and 0.04 inches today. So I'm not sure if it's really going to be enough to soften up the greens. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think so, especially with how hot it is out there. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, John does the model at RotoViz, and it's a really good model. And we can't go through every podcast talking about what he puts into it. But on the Open Championship podcast, uh, he he really went through and gave a detailed description of what he puts into the model and some of the things he weights and factors. So if if you want to know what goes into John's model, you should listen to the first twenty minutes of the Open Championship PGA Pod. That was the podcast you uh, went over your model, right? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay, because I yeah I remember you did a really good job detailing uh, what goes into it. Um, so we are coming off a week with a really weak field, and we're moving to a week that is very interesting uh, to say the least. Uh, you know, DK they threw a wrench at us. You know, we're used to these guys at the top uh, being the same three guys, whatever the order. You know, Dustin. Spieth and Rory, whatever the order, those are always the top three guys. Then you can kind of usually, you know, get a little discount and get Ricky and Hideki, which is, you know, I like to choose these 
second tier superstars just so I can fit a lot of other guys in. But look what they did to us. They they put Decky and Ricky above those three. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- and I think they I think they priced it right this week. Um, pricing is very tight this week. I don't see a lot of. Um, when you go low down in the salary range, there's some some value down there, but up top, these prices are pretty sharp this week. Um, not a not like not an an obvious must play. Um, I mean, they even priced up Paul Casey finally. Uh, so yeah, this is um, a tricky week with salary for sure. Definitely coming up. You're going to find exactly who we like at the top range and in the rest of the player pool on DraftKings this week. All right, let's get into who our favorite guys are at the top, down through the whole player pool. So we briefly touched on how the pricing is pretty accurate this week, and you know there's really not any value at the top. So who are you leaning to, and who are you kind of uh, staying away from? So uh, th- this week, um, my model f- likes Ricky Fowler a lot. Uh, projects him to have the, the best chance of finishing in the top ten. Projects him with the most fantasy points, um, which is surprising. I, I don't. I think that's the first time in I don't know almost two years or so that Ricky Fowler's been at the top when there's been you know. Um, Spieth, McElroy, DJ, everybody else in the same tournament. So, um, so yeah, I think I think I, I think I agree with Lotto though. I, he's been playing really well, and yeah, I think I'm leaning Fowler. If I had to take one of the uh, one player, 10k uh, price of 10k or more, uh, I'm leaning Fowler. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, he lines up, you know, in all the stats uh, as all, all the other guys tee to green. Uh, but he's the most accurate in this top group off the tee, and he still has you know good dis- good distance. So you know you're not you're going to get distance with him, but it's not like it's going to be sacrificed for accuracy. So I, I'm I'm completely with you. He's my favorite guy at the top. Um, he has the form that you see before a big win. You know, uh, I mean yeah. he, he has a win this se- uh, this season, uh, but but. Not really he's a marquee been, win. He's been close in, a, in, some, in a lot of tournaments. Um, yeah, t- nine top tens this season. Yeah, a lot. And and those are no, uh, you know, he's, he's not playing weak field events where he's getting those top tens. Um, exactly. And that can also go into, you know, how his, his strokes game stats are being accrued. Something that's pretty hard to separate is, you know, some of these – Guys that are playing every event where they play all the weak fields, they, you know, they, their strokes gain stats can be elevated compared to where a guy like Ricky, who's so elite and he's mostly just playing the big events, it's it's actually a bigger difference than we really realize. Yeah, and you know, I, I uh, adjust for that in my model. Not every stat I have is adjusted for field strength, but uh, most of the um, main ones are. So, um, yeah, I think that's a reason why Fowler is standing out in the model. Um, And uh, the other guy at the top, uh, you know, I want to have a strong take on Hideki, but honestly, I can't really poke a hole in Hideki because, I mean, of these top five guys, he's the second most accurate off the tee. 
you know, obviously all his recent stats are just dialed in. He's at the right place. Um, so I can't really poke a hole in why you shouldn't play Hideki, but I just like no. Ricky more. I, I agree. I think Hideki's a, a great play. I would not uh, – I can't poke a hole in in the case for him either. Um, but yeah, I agree. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just wonder what his ownership's going to be like. Um if people are gonna flock to him or not, I I don't know. It's really hard. Know. It's really hard to tell because you have you know there there's the two uh, two psychological things. One is you know sometimes when DraftKings prices a guy up, in pe- internally uh, in people's minds they value that player more because he's priced higher, so they think he's a better play. And then there's the other side where people are used to you know paying uh, 10k for him instead of. 11,400 so they don't want to pay as much and they say hey I can just drop down and get DJ who I think will gain a lot of ownership this week yeah it's interesting that he's a 10-8 that's the lowest we've seen him priced in a long time um, and yeah it is interesting to note also that uh, Hideki does have the, uh, the the betting markets place him as the favorite he's got a their Giving him about a nine percent chance to win, um, and second is uh, Spieth, just about an eight percent chance to win. And then after that, you have a, a basically a three-way tie, roughly, um, depending on what, where you look, uh, with Fowler, McIlroy, and, and Dustin Johnson, all at about seven percent here. So, yeah. Um, so I, I'm I'm I want to try to say why you shouldn't play Dustin Johnson and. Basically, the only thing I could say is, I mean, his his form's coming back around. He's having some decent finishes, but uh, I went I wanted to go ahead and look at a shorter time span than I usually look at to see, you know, how he's progressing. And I, I'm still worried, uh, you know, his he's ranked 32nd in T to green over his last eight rounds, and he should be near the top of any field in T to green because I mean, he's the T to green god. I mean, this is the guy that's you know number one in T to green, and he should be you know, him or McElroy. And if you're going to be paying that premium price, I need a guy that's elite now and over the, the season, which Ricky has and Dustin doesn't. I really think that, you know, his back may still be bothering him, but then, you know, you could say, oh, he has a week off. So maybe that'll help him heal up. But um, especially with, I think his ownership's going to get really high. I've seen him touted on uh, a few large uh, outlets. Uh, but, I, I, yeah, I think I'd I, rather not. Yeah, if he's going to be – I could see that. I could see a lot of people flocking to him because, hey, figure these top five guys are roughly all equal. Uh, I'll just take the cheapest guy, Dustin Johnson, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, so I, I don't like him if he's going to be the heaviest owned guy out of here. I, I would not – yeah, I'd, I'd pay the extra 500 and take Ricky Fowler. Agreed. Then we have Rory. Um, his his tee to green stats are still elite. I mean, number one. But uh, I think his 55.45% driving accuracy percentage may be an issue this week. I mean, you know, when, when, I, when you're saying, you know, you're trying to poke holes in guys at the top, you're saying why they won't finish in the top 10 or top 20, because obviously these are guys that should finish high. And yes. if we're really targeting, you know, the accuracy off the tee and guys are going to be hitting a ton of driver, uh, 
this could lead to, you know, two or three strokes that may keep him from that top 10 that you really need. Yeah. Um, yeah he's got some weird missed cuts this year, too. I, I, I don't, um, he missed the cut at the Irish Open, which is kind of surprising. He won it last year, right? Or Yeah, missed I think it he did. Yeah, he's been a little bit... He's got a lot of high finishes, too. It's just... um. He hasn't been super reliable this year. Um, I, I still love him. I mean, he's still a great golfer. I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I uh, if I'm gonna, there's not a lot of holes I can poke in Rory McIlroy's game. I, I, I do like him. Ten thousand nine hundred two is is a good price for him. Um, it's not like he's gonna be low owned though. Like no, like not. the DFS community loves him, and I almost he's feel like always, not he's like. Always. Yeah. I, I haven't played Rory once this year, and I almost feel like it's one of the reasons I've had a really good year. Because, yeah. like, honestly, like, people love to play Rory, and yes, statistically, T to Green, he's he's almost always going to be number one. But I mean, this whole putter thing he went through a few months, he's still going through. Uh, there's definitely something off mentally. I think I don't know. There's just something not yeah, right. It does seem like he's not. Yeah, he's not 100% into golf like he, like maybe he has been in the past. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, I'm just speculating here, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're really splitting hairs with these guys at the top here. Yeah, we, yeah, definitely. Definitely remember that we're, you know, we're splitting hairs here. Like, obviously, these are great golfers, but you, you have to find a way to separate, you know, who you're going to play and who you're not going to play. So these little small differences, it's just, you know, you got to latch onto something. But, yeah. um, so I think that'll do it for us at the top range here. Uh, who are you liking, uh, below 10 K? Uh, see, this is tough. I, I don't like usually in a given week on the eight or $9,000 range. There's oftentimes there's the guys just screaming out like a, a really great value or someone who's underpriced here, but I think most of these guys are priced out correctly. Um, I, Rom is the only guy that sort of stands out um, at 8,900. So his, his odds are about three and a half percent. He's got about a three and a half percent chance to win, which is pretty. So there's a few other Stenson, Justin Thomas and, Kepka are all higher, um, but they're all, they're all priced higher too. So I, I, I like Rom a little bit here. Um, I, I think Ustazen is the only guy that's sort of out of place here. He's he's overpriced this week. Um, they, his performance at the PGA just uh, they, they uh, priced him up because of that. Um, I think they did, but I really like Ustazen this week. Do you? Yeah, I mean he's um, yeah my model likes him too. Uh, you know, uh, it gives him a good chance to make the cut, decent chance to f- top ten. Um, it just likes the guys around him a little bit better. Okay. And, and you know, Paul Casey, I played him. I, I don't even know how many weeks in a row. Uh, he's been priced to you know seventy eight hundred ish in so many tournaments. Um, looks like that's over, which is too bad. I don't think it's too uh, bad. So I, I'm actually kind of happy about it because I'm hoping that people will get off him. 
But honestly, in his last 24 rounds, Paul Casey is, uh, in terms of this course fit, uh, you know, he's top five. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, over his last 24 rounds, he's number one in strokes gained approach. Uh, he's third in tee to green over the last 24. And I mean, we know that these, you know, events that he's been playing in are strong fields. And we're looking at this as uh, a second shot course. So yeah. if he's number one in the So approach, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. I, 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 so I, I really think it is. So you have Rom right here and nobody is going to click Casey over Rom just on name value. And uh, same with, you know, uh, you have Kucha right there. Yeah. And I actually like Ustazen and Casey. So I'm hoping that Rom and Kucha, unfortunately I like Kucha as well, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that yeah. everyone just goes straight to Rom and is like, oh, Casey isn't in this caliber of these other guys when he certainly is. But yeah, he absolutely is. Or he might even be above a lot, a lot of them. I would agree. Like, I would put him, like, in between Dustin Johnson and Stenson if I were to price this week. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, he really has been absolutely one of the best golfers in the world over the second half of the season. Um, so we kind of skipped over, like, uh, the whole 10K range. Uh, yeah. We, but uh, um, I think that's because we both would just rather go down or up, right? I would rather go down. I think I think Stenson's overpriced because he won last week. I think Day's just he's just too erratic this year. I I don't trust him to pay ninety seven hundred for. Justin Thomas priced up a little bit because he won uh, the PGA and said Kepka. That's kind of what I think. Yeah, that, I I completely agree. Like Justin Thomas statistically he's he he's priced correctly, but I mean you know. We, we always have to yeah, remember but, the stats aren't always everything. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, so I like all those guys. I, I would just, yeah, yeah. You're not getting any I'm value on the, them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, like you touched on, you're not getting any value on any of these guys, but especially no, like Kepka, Kepka statistically and day statistically over the season are just not here with these other guys. Um, no, Kepka's had some really great tournaments, obviously, but uh, yeah, week to week just hasn't been quite as good as as most of the guys up there. Yeah. So we expressed our love uh, at the top end of this eight K range, lower end of the nine K. We love Casey, Rom, Loose Days, and I love Kucher. And uh, who who do you like below that in the eight K range? You know, I guess uh, it's the, the same thing. You're not getting any value on any of these guys. are just about all priced correctly, I think. Um, the only guy you're getting value yeah, on is Justin Rose. Yeah, I was just going to say Justin Rose. He, uh, yeah, he's had a little bit of a, let's see, a little bit of a tough run. Like he hasn't played quite up to his standards. See, so he missed cut the cut at the PGA, 63rd, which is you know uh, at, at the WGC event. So that's like bottom 10. Uh, 54th at the British Open, that's you know barely made the cut more or less. Um, so yeah, so three like not very good finishes. And he missed the cut at the U.S. Open. So 
Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think that'll probably scare people off of him. I definitely you know, think so. I'm I'm scared off of him, and, and I, he's his price his price is down too. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Like I, I don't know how he's this cheap. Uh, he is cheap. Like this is the guy that like you know if you take him. He's going to be under 10%. Even the truthers like me have hopped off. And he could easily come out and win this thing. Like, he has the tools. Uh, he's not the most accurate off the tee, but he's 10th off the tee in terms of stroke gain and over his last 24 rounds, 21st tee to green. So, I mean, statistically, he still looks all right. And he's always a great approach guy, always. Always a great second shot golfer. I, I think that's what's been failing him. He's only 72nd in this yeah. field over the last 24, and we'd well, expect that to be a lot higher. Yeah. Well, even, I, yeah I hadn't, even, as a, even as around the green game is really good, 24th in the field over the last the same span. So. All right. Yeah, I, I just – this is like Grio last week. I, I just really hope he doesn't end up in my lineup, but – just knowing, yeah, who, right. who, just knowing who I am, I have a feeling he's going to be in uh, my main lineup. Uh, the value is just yeah. so hard to pass up. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. Interesting though, my model kind of has him has him rated low, lower than it than it has. I think all season. I have to go back and check for sure. But yeah, my model's sort of picking up that his form has fallen off. So, um, but but. Long term, I mean, he is a you know world class top ten you know uh, golfer. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It, exactly, like I, I still view him as that, and I check his stats, and they're not perfect, but I mean, his recent form, they're good, and it's just there's really no reason not to play him besides a few average finishes. Yeah, which can happen to anybody. I mean, this is, there's not necessarily a reason for three meters mediocre finishes like that can just happen there there's enough randomness uh luck you know in golf that there's not necessarily a reason like, exactly you his know, game I, his game might not have changed at all he just has some, some bad results exactly see that that's that's the thought process that, that i'm approaching it with so i think i'm i think i'm convincing myself with the help of you to play justin rose this week <laughs> right then <laughs> moving down uh i i could see an interest in zach johnson but i i don't think i'll be going there uh, yeah did you want to say uh, on zach yes uh model the model likes schneider jans a little bit this week um which is interesting um even though he's priced up here like he you know if he hadn't finished where he did last week, he he wouldn't be eighty one hundred. No. Um, so that's interesting. I don't know if I'm on him though. I love so him. Just so much. I just can't play him at this price. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I mean, I love. I, I this is this is a guy who's priced up because of his recent performance, but I'm kind of starting to think that this is like his ascension Who he is. To, to being a better yeah. player is Kevin Kisner. Yeah, right. He's sort of a little. I don't know if you can call him a journeyman, but he has been like a standout golfer. Yeah, for like you know the last he's few been years. A good golf, good but not great golfer. He's putting it all so together yeah, maybe this he, year. Yeah, yeah. 
Sorry, I kind of cut you off there. Did you want to say something else? No, uh, no, no. Let's, let's keep rolling. Yeah, so basically I'm just chalking up last week to a classic, obvious letdown spot after, you know, sure. competing at the PJ Championship, right? He's deadly accurate off the tee yeah. with 15th uh, on the tour this year, top 30 in all the key stats this year and the last 24 rounds. He has been pretty hot with the putter at uh, ninth ranked in the last 24 rounds, and that may regress, but I really like how Kisner fits the course. And um, his tee to green stats support repeatable performances to how he's been playing. Yeah, I'm just sort of meh on Kisner this week. I don't have a – he's not a bad play, but I don't have a strong feeling either way about him. Yeah, I, I think he may actually not – he may be pretty low owned because people aren't used to paying this price to him. But, I mean, yeah. when I look yeah. at the stats, he's, he's priced in the right range. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right. So who's your, who, who are you liking next underneath Kisner getting into the 7K range? All right. So I feel like the top end of the 7K range is not that great. Uh, a lot of – Mickelson, I'm not playing for 7,900. Um, Haas, I'm not playing for 7,800. Um Hoffman's a little, little bit interesting, 79. Um, Kevin Chappell is a little bit interesting, too. Uh, I think it gets more interesting the further down you go in the 7K range, though. Um, or I guess, like, right. So I like Duffner a lot here. Okay. Uh, Simpson, Webb Simpson, I like. Garrigus, I like. Molinari, I like. So basically, anybody at 7,600. <laughs> that, that's who I'm looking at. Well, you, you nailed my favorite play in this range, Molinari. Um, this guy, his statistical form is just incredibly elite. Um, you know, you never think of him as a scorer, but actually he's 20th on the tour in 2017 in birdie or better percentage. Uh, his recent stats are just incredible. In his last 24 rounds, he's second tee to green, ninth off the tee, fifth in approach, and 26th around the green. I mean, this is just mind-blowing. He just competed at the PGA Championship, ending second, 24th at the WGC Bridgestone, two very difficult courses, accurate off the tee. uh, You know, in in the uh, season long, I believe he's second off the tee. It's the courses compared to Augusta and Bethpage, two extremely difficult courses. So if we're expecting a winning core, a winning score around, you know, 10 under, that's somewhere that Molinari can come through for us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he, Molinari was on just a tear sort of early and midway through the season. Then, you know, missed the cut at the U.S. Open and missed the cut at the British Open. Uh, but really, outside of those two finishes he's just played outstanding this year so yeah and you know second at the pga that's a huge bounce back for him but you know while being priced at 6800 so uh yeah i i like molinari a lot and uh and you're getting some you're getting some value on him this week down at 7600 i agree yeah i can't lie garrigus i saw popped up for me on some stats, but I just hit the mental X button. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I'd play Molinari all, you know, definitely for sure over Garrigan, so. Um, 
Yeah. So at the bottom of the 7K range, we have two of my pet players, uh, Tony Finau and JB Holmes. How do you feel on them this week? Yeah, I think they're. I think you're getting value on both of them. Uh, yeah, especially Finau. Um, Finau seventy three hundred. So yeah, I, I like both those guys. Um, also interesting to note. Let's see, what are their their. So betting markets give them both uh, just above a one percent chance to win this tournament, which is higher than just about anybody else in this price range. So. Um, yeah, Ryan Moore is also up there at 7,100. He's got about a 1% chance. So, um, so yeah, the lower half 7,000 range, those are like the three guys who look like odds valued. Yeah, um, they definitely stand out. Um, I, I, I can't even play Tony Fino anymore. Like, it's just at the point where it's like everybody realizes how good his stats are. He's underpriced he's every the, week. Like, he's the new Matt Kuchar. He is. <laughs> right. you, like you nailed it. He's the new Matt Kuchar. Like everybody plays him every week, and it's like I think. And he still does well every week. It's just yeah. Yeah, I mean, so at this point, I'm basically just not playing him at all and just waiting for him to fail because anybody that's fo- followed Tony Finau for a long time, uh, they've dealt with a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because this guy does—he's not this. This is not—he doesn't always just come through like this. I mean, the, the guy is live to get a snowman on any hole. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, hit it 360 yards out of bounds, that kind of thing, and then you know come back and miss a, a two footer for double bogey. That yeah, kind of thing. especially like with this water here. Like I, I, I think the water. Yeah. There's going to be balls in the water. You're going to need to be accurate. He's not the most accurate uh, off the tee. Yeah, I just, I mean, 7,300 is just so cheap for him. It's kind of, uh, it's definitely tempting to play him. I agree. Um, I, I think my pivot off of Finau is Brendan Steele. Uh, yeah. I, he's he's based, this, this is how I see Brendan Steele. It's like, He's basically who Tony Finau was earlier this season in terms of like popularity in the DFS community. Like earlier this year, it was Brendan Steele every week. Like he was the guy getting that 20, 30% sure. making every cut. Yeah, even going back to last year. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, he had a few uh, middling finishes. Uh, let's see. I think he missed a few cuts. Yeah. Okay. So he missed a cut. At the PGA Championship, 24th at WGC Bridgestone, very difficult course, and then two cuts. Before that, though, he's basically, you know, uh, just making all the cuts, playing well, and he's going to be, you know, under 10%, while Finau might be 30%. And I, I don't see any reason that Finau is a better player than Steele. I could actually argue that Steele is a better player. Yeah. I think if I'm going to pivot in this range, I like Ryan Moore a little better. Uh, just he, he had a little bit of a rough stretch. He was dealing with an injury. like uh, Yeah, he had the back, I guess, right? Yeah, the back. So it looks like he's back from that, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I didn't mean pun not intended. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I like him a little more. His, his, his odds to win uh, are, are almost double. Uh, 
Brendan Steele. Um, and I think just overall, he's a he's just, he's a he is a better player. His long term adjusted round scores are better than Brendan Steele's, and yeah, I don't know. I would lean Ryan more, although Brendan Steele is definitely a fine pick. Okay, I like that call. Um, I don't really see myself going into the seven, uh, the six K range much this week. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good plays. I mean, it's a strong field. There's always going to be a lot of good plays in the six K range, but I just feel like there's really elite pit plays in the seven K range. So, I mean, I see two, I see two really good plays here. Uh, go ahead. Gary Woodland, Gary Woodland landed at 7,000. I think he's a great player this week. And uh, Brandon Grace, it's 6,900. I, I don't know where that came from. That, oh. that seems like that seems like a misprice to me. Um, that that is. I, I definitely meant to touch on that as well. Thank you for bringing that up. Brandon Grace. That's yeah, and, and, yeah, and both these guys, betting markets have them at just over a 1% chance to win. So that that's a huge standout in this um, salary range. Yeah. And this this guy is having an insane season. He kind of does the same thing, you know. He disappears for a couple of events, then he comes back and almost wins. And I mean, right? Miscut PGA Championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but he's shown that. I mean, he's competed at, on the biggest in the biggest tournaments, biggest major, everything. He he is yeah sixth the British Open this year. Um, Yeah, he could. I mean, one percent. He that one percent is a, a live one percent to win this tournament. I mean, he is. Uh, he's definitely. He, he's shown that he's he can compete with the best golfers in the world, and it's just it's surprising he's down here with guys like you know Jeff Ogilvy at sixty nine hundred and um you know Vaughn Taylor sixty nine hundred. Brandon Grace does not fit here. Yeah, and you know what? It seems like he kind of goes overlooked. Like, he's not going to be 5%, but maybe he'll only be 15%. Right, right. He's not flashy. Guys don't, his game's not super inspiring, right? He doesn't smash the ball like Finau or, or Dustin Johnson, and he doesn't have, uh, you know, sink super long putts or anything like that. But he's just really solid. He, he's just good at everything. And, yeah. Just not the, not the sexiest golfer. Yeah, uh, definitely if you're fitting in Ricky, Grace can help you do that. Yeah. Uh, probably my my other guy that I have some interest in that I, I'm not putting my stamp on, but I want to do a little more research is Brian Harmon. He just seems, yeah. like, he seems, yeah. like, he seems like he profiles really well for the course. Yeah, he's a uh, – I don't know. I can never – I never have a good reason about how Brian Harmon's going to do. I feel like, uh, but yeah, he's he's shown some flashes of really great golf this year. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see him priced so low. Uh, yeah, I, I, I another guy that right here at sixty nine hundred. That's a great value too. Um, another South African guy who doesn't have like the, the flashiest game in the world, but. Um, Who was that? Usually, uh, Charles Schwartz. Okay. 
Um, yeah, it's sixty nine hundred. He's another guy. He's um, he's got a similar game to to Brendan Grace. Like he's just not. He's good at everything. Not particularly great or um, at, at any one thing. Um, so yeah, de- down at sixty nine hundred. He's I think he's a good value. I agree. Definitely, uh, definitely a good price for him. He has a lot of upside for sure. Is there anyone else that you wanted to touch on? No, I mean, there's some other good values down here, but nobody that's really, like, screaming out. Like, I don't know, Graham Delette at 68, it's not a bad play. Kevin Knott, 68, not a bad play. Um, yeah, this is definitely the value range. Like, no, no one here has a ton of upside, um, but there's definitely some good values, good um, players with really good long-term form that are... are yeah, price it down this week. Awesome. So to remind you guys, for $4, you can get three articles by me, intro key stats, picks, and chalk pivots. And you also get access to John's model, which will help you figure out who's going to make the cut, uh, who he has projected to score the most DraftKings points. And it's a really helpful tool. So I suggest you go check it out. And that will do it for this episode of On the Daily. Thank you, John, for joining me at Gambling. Of course, yes, sir. At Gambling Johnny. And I'm Matt Dolkin at Bearded DFS. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Road of His Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Road of His Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Road of His Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.